You're listening to The Shape, a podcast to inspire, motivate, and push the cannabis culture forward. Brought to you by Trio Solution. My name is Jerry Marzaria. You may recognize me from the past three seasons of The Shape podcast or as co-host of Sports Cannabis. This season, we're sitting down with leaders and companies to talk about their process, marketing and branding, data insights, lessons they've learned, and how to make an impact in the cannabis industry. With cannabis conventions on the horizon, it really helps our podcast understand the climate and talking to the people who are directly making a difference. When we walk the floors of these conventions, we can really see the effect that Detonate Cannabis Agency has had with licensed producers that are being featured. Detonate Cannabis Agency specializes in all things print for the medical and recreational cannabis markets, from packaging and print collateral to experiential pop-ups and custom trade show booths. Detonate Cannabis Agency understands the importance of standing out from the competition even when they've created most of the booths in the room. Print? Promo? Detonate Cannabis Agency can help you with that. Visit their Instagram at Detonate Cannabis Agency or website www.detonatecannabis.com to make an appointment now. It's an absolute pleasure to announce that today we have the unique opportunity to chat with Andy Palalis, the Chief Revenue Officer of High Tide. We'll take a moment to explore all things High Tide, data insights, what it means to be an essential service, and of course, take a deep dive into Canada Cabana and its future. Thank you for joining us on the Shake Podcast. How are you, Andy? And where are you joining us from today? Hey there, Jay. Nice to uh, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, actually broadcasting out of my uh, out of my office in my home in Coburg, Ontario. Um, there's some screaming children in the background. I'm sure, like a lot of other people who are working from home, they've got that same situation. So if you hear them, just know that they're well and good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, same for me. It's it's been a bit of an interesting transition, I guess you can say. You know, one I think more than anything, my dogs are enjoying the most. I'm sure it's the same for your children. Um, but you know, I can't complain. It's really allowed for a lot of creative thinking. You know, and really reading up on cannabis industry leaders of today and tomorrow, which really brings us full circle to you. I was hoping if you can give us a brief history of your past work experience and really what made you decide to pivot into the cannabis industry. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jay, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, my background is in loyalty marketing for retailers. So, you know, I got started uh, in in marketing for retailers here in Canada um, in the restaurant and, uh, the restaurant general retail space. But, um, you know, I've had some experience in startups, and that's kind of what brought me to cannabis in 2016. So, I jumped on board with famous brands uh, when we were first starting the company. Famous brands is a celebrity branded smoking accessory company, and um, you know, VP of we're starting, you know, a smoking accessory company, to which I replied, what is a smoking accessory? Mm-hmm. And then there was some more uh, information about the fact that Snoop Dogg and the Trailer Park Boys were involved. And, you know, initially I was uh, confused and, and didn't really know if this was something that made sense at all. But, um, you know, it intrigued me enough that, uh, that I decided to get started. And, of course, I respected those guys a lot. So, you know, wanted another opportunity to work with them. And so, yeah, I found myself uh, in cannabis in 2016 before this was a real industry. I had a very vague LinkedIn, something about consumer packaged goods and Snoop Dogg. Um, and, you know, we built that business and eventually, um, you know, it became part of High Tide Proper, which is 
uh, a retail focused company, you know, in the smoking accessories as well as, of course, the cannabis um, space. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the rest is history. I love this industry. Again, I've been in it for four years and change. And, um, you know, it's been nothing but the best ride ever. Yeah, it really sounds like it. So how many locations does Canada Cabana have today? We have 24 Canada Cabana locations in Alberta. That's where we started the business mm-hmm. uh, upon legalization. We have three locations in Ontario. Uh, we'll be opening um, two more in the immediate term. We have two Canada Cabana locations in Saskatchewan, in Tisdale and Swift Current. Mm-hmm. Uh, great stores. Um, and, uh, you know, we also own and operate two Push Bar locations, which is, uh, which is a joint venture brand that we, uh, we acquired back at the beginning of this year, as well as we have a contract to... Um, service and operate the West Edmonton Mall location for Aurora Cannabis for their flagship uh, 11,000 square foot retail location. Okay. And so when we think of, you know, any company within this space, we know it really takes a team to really help and achieve these goals or certain milestones that you guys have set out for yourself. Can you give our listeners a sense of how big your team is today and, you know, the type of experience that exists? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, so as I mentioned, High Tide is also involved in the manufacture and uh, distribution of smoking accessories, as well as e-commerce. You know, we own the Internet's largest platform for for those products called Grass City. So, Mm -hmm. you know, our head office team services more than just Canna Cabana. However, our uh, our team across High Tide is about 200 strong, and that's inclusive of all of our butt tenders and all of our managers for our many locations. Mm -hmm. So, uh, comparatively, we have a pretty lean head office team, um, but, you know, sometimes that helps us uh, get things done a little quicker um you know fewer cooks in the kitchen yeah no that makes sense now one thing that you did talk about were some of the locations that canna cabana has across canada one thing that you also talked about in past interviews is a rapid growth kind of expansion how many stores are you anticipating to have open by 2021 I don't know if you've ever met our CEO, Raj Grover, um, but Raj is probably the most energetic human being I've ever had the privilege of meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's contagious. You know, that's, that's, uh, we operate with a high sense of urgency at high tide. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, we started building the Canna Cabana brand when we were already running, you know, 19 smoking accessory stores across the country. Mm-hmm. And we already had the infrastructure already knew the market, already knew the industry, um, we had a retail model that we knew would win. So that's allowed us to build a pretty strong retail network without making too many mistakes, you know, or having to walk back too many of the decisions that we made along the way. So I don't know if rapid growth is necessarily the best way to put it, but mm-hmm. we've, we've been a little, actually, actually recently, especially since maybe last August, we've been even more controlled in our growth mm-hmm. um, than we would have liked at times. But we focused on execution. We're really proud of the chain that we built and we're anticipating on having, you know, 55 stores by the end of 20, 2020 is the target. Um, and, you know, we've really dialed in to the formula for uh, establishing where we want to open stores, what communities we want to open in, and um, yeah, that, that recipe for success will, will serve us well going into 2021. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, recently, well, not recently, I guess you can say many months back, Ontario reopened up its its lines for retail. How did that affect Canada Cabana? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to uh, move very quickly in Ontario. You know, we had the most stores in Ontario for a good portion of 2019, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been anticipating Ontario opening up from the very start. We built it into our projections and our model. We knew the competition was coming, of course. The largest 
population uh, province in the nation, and uh, we're excited to operate here. So now that retail's opening up, our stores are still performing very well. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, COVID has actually put a bit of a slowdown on other competitors opening up. Mm-hmm. You know, so of course that's that's insulated our position a little bit. Not that we're we're pleased about that. We want you know cannabis retail to open up and thrive and want to get through this COVID thing, uh, you know, in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, in Ontario, you know, we're, we're going to win here with all the experience that we've built, not just in Alberta, but also operating some of the province's highest volume stores for the last year. And so when you're looking at these stores, right, to open up in the future or ones that you have opened up, you're generally thinking of how can they exist for the next three to five years. Would you mind letting us know what you guys look for when looking at these locations? Yeah, I mean, we look for the same thing we've been looking for since we operated Smoker's Corner, right? We, we, you know, we're no strangers to taking retail locations. The fundamentals, like good population density, winning on fixed expenses, you know, those, those are the things we look for. But, mm-hmm. but also, it's the opportunity to, to tap into a defined community, you know, yep. um, to have an impact locally. Uh, it, it's also a plus if there's a history of cannabis culture. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of our locations are former Smoker's Corner locations, mm-hmm. right? So we've got a history in those spots in Alberta. We know the market pretty well. People have been buying bongs and pipes from us there for the last 10 years, and so they're familiar with us and our staff, right? So that's that's helped us win also. Now, given the current climate, you know, we're all dealing with this self-isolation. This has made certain areas of retail difficult to address. If we look at the short term and reflect on what's happening, what are the impacts that the latest list of essential services will have on Canna Cabana? <laughs> The essential services list, um, especially, you know, two weeks ago when we were in a bit of a different situation, we were all living and dying by the essential services list. I think we refreshed that page about 300 times a day, personally. I've got to be honest with you, Jay. You know, I'm the most proud of our team for how they've reacted to the very rapidly changing conditions that COVID has created and the essential list has mm-hmm. created, right? You know, we went from early days of COVID, uh, you know, rapidly getting into motion and, and sourcing cleaners and supplies and masks and everything we needed to keep our customers and our bud tenders safe. Like I was driving around Ontario picking up, you know, cases of isopropyl alcohol and, and cleaners. So like wow. that that very quickly shifted our, our operations from business as usual to okay, now my, my now my procurement team and my purchasing people are all trying to find cleaner and hand sanitizer, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we responded really quickly to that. Then of course we had to organize for social distancing, right? So we, we changed our operations in the stores in Ontario and Alberta to accommodate those realities, which of course are are uh, very important. And you know, we I, I'm pleased to say we moved very quickly on them. Mm-hmm. And then you know, pivoting into click and collect and online transacting. Now, that was that was nuts, Jay. You know, we our, we, we closed our stores down. Uh, in Ontario uh, because of the revised list of essential services. And then two days later, you know, uh, when the announcement came that we'd be able to reopen for Clinton Collect and Curbside, mm-hmm. I, I, I can tell you, no one slept for 48 hours. We just we just got our stores back open. We got, you know, and, and through the, the cooperation of some really great tech partners, mm-hmm. you know, shout-outs to Dutchie and Mirko. Those guys worked with us arm-in-arm to get our doors back open, to get, you know, uh, online transacting happening. And I'm just, I'm really grateful to everyone who's involved in that. Our team, our partners, the government, you know, uh, despite the fact that this was, this has been a little bit rocky for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really proud of how we've all, how we've all come together and, and made it happen. Yeah, it's pretty amazing the way that you guys all band together and got, just got back uh, within that 48-hour period. I mean, it was so much uncertainty, but you guys were ready to go. 
if we were to contrast that, you know, and look at something a little bit more long term, and we look at High Tides, we look at Canna Cabana, we look at both of those brands. What are you guys doing to help build a balance sheet strength to respond to weather periods of economic uncertainties like the one we're facing today? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a hot topic, Jay. You know, it's no secret that <laughs> the cannabis industry over the last year, mm-hmm. you know, has had some challenges. You know, uh, funding has been a challenge for many companies in the space. We're just focused on the fundamentals, man. We're, you know, we're, we're focused on building cash flow from operations, uh, which has been trending upwards while our losses keep trending down. You know, that's the that's the simplest way of me articulating that we're focused on our core business. You know, we're we're also laser focused on profitability. Mm-hmm. Literally all we talk about every day. Every day we get on the phone, we talk about how are we getting profitable, how are we going to be profitable as quickly as we can and demonstrating the sustainable growth, mm-hmm. you know, that we've been able to achieve over the last period is really helping us work on the debt side of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, while we continue to invest in stores, invest in initiatives uh, that are going to generate cash flow from operations. Okay. And if we stick with those retail solutions that you guys have been investing in, something that you guys have quite a bit of experience is that is within the accessory world. You know, you guys have been doing it for the last 10 years. How has this been integral in understanding consumer insights and creating really an authentic and sophisticated consumer experience on the retail level at Catacabana? Oh, wow. That's... uh... Yeah, that's a good question. You know, data is, uh, you know, I don't want to say data is really important to us because data is really important to everybody, mm-hmm. right? We measure everything in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, we measure category share. We measure pricing. We measure skew level demand. It changes every day, and we're watching it every day. I personally review every order form we put in to our government boards for, for cannabis because the product categories change so quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, when we talk about, like, you know, uh, our accessory side of the business, you know, uh, the full circle of customer insights can't just be achieved by data points, Mm -hmm. right? Experience counts for something. And experience has been able to give us the gut level understanding of what's happening with cannabis products and accessories. If you look outside of our stores, because of course stores, our stores are, are great sources for data on brands, great sources for data on category and consumer preference. And like I said, those things change day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the new products coming out of the industry and the new brands coming on the market. So it's it's like the velocity is insane, right? Mm-hmm. But when we look outside of our stores also, to data uh, that's provided to us by third parties that we work with, as well as data that comes out of the USA, you know, our, our accessories business, it's, it's helped give us major clues about how products are going to perform in Canada. You know, as I mentioned, we operate GrassCity.com, which mm-hmm. is the world's largest smoking accessory website. Uh, it's been in business for 20 years. We acquired it at the end of 2018. Uh, part of the reason was is so we could really understand what was hot in the accessory space because that goes hand in hand with cannabis. And if you take a look at some of the things that are some of the product categories that have come on the market in the recent past, like vape pens, you know, five ten cartridges mm-hmm. and batteries. If you take a look at, you know, some of the up-and-coming categories like concentrates, you know, extracts, um, and, and e-rigs, the accessories that go along with them, we've been selling e-rigs for a long time, mm-hmm. right? We've been selling vape pens and batteries for a long time. And so those insights that we've gotten from the American market as well as, you know, selling into the Canadian market, mm-hmm. um, 
for the accessory side of things, those, those have gone a long way towards helping giving us the complete picture of what a customer is looking for. Now, something that tends to be harder for retailers within these strict rules and regulations is really creating an identity with authenticity that resonates with its consumers, and that has its challenges within the current landscape. How does Canada Cabana create a brand identity that really resonates with its consumers? I think a lot of retailers have created great, beautiful, sophisticated retail environments, yeah. right? retail concepts. We've created a sophisticated retail concept for Canada's consumers. Mm-hmm. The people that we've been selling to for the last 10 years. So when we came into, okay, how are we going to build Canada Cabana? What's it going to look like? Well, we wanted a sophisticated, playful, accessible environment, mm-hmm. right? But the sophistication was in relation to our customer base, the people that we know would still be buying from us after we pivoted from accessories into cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's given us, it's given us a strong a strong foundation that we built off of and advocating for and showcasing legal cannabis, you know, and weed brands is our primary mission. It's what we're here to do every day. You know, if you look at the way that uh, cannabis consumers have connected with the plant in the pages of High Times or some of the other leading industry publications over the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. well, there's a lot of authenticity baked into the industry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of personal connection to the plant in this space. And, you know, our mission is to make sure that legal cannabis, LP weed, you know, from the Auroras and the Canopies and the Afrias and the, you know, everybody of the world, those brands are created for the cannabis consumer that's in our stores in the same way that they connected with those brands in the pages of High Times. So, you know, for us, it's about connecting brands to customers Mm -hmm. and showcasing and advocating for legal cannabis within our stores. Okay. And are you guys doing anything within the store that is adding to, you know, how consumers are identifying that it's a can of cabana store? I can give you an example, right? Uh, so some stores are using color coding, you know, tiles that are darker the color, stronger the strain, sure. lighter the color, the weaker the potency. Uh, what are some of the approaches Canada Cabana has taken? Well, I think you just back it up and take a look at our cannabis merchandising um, plan. And it's... Uh, I like, you know, I don't use the word industry leading a lot. I think it's really cliche, Mm -hmm. but I really truly at my core believe that the way that we merchandise our cannabis is industry leading from day one. You know, um, there have been many approaches to this, but we merchandise all of our cannabis on the floor. You see the packaging. It's there. It's ready for you to look at, choose, select, and for a bud tender to remove from a cabinet and put in your basket. Mm -hmm. Right. So that guided a tour around our store for customers to see the product that they're purchasing as opposed to ordering off of a, a menu board or a sheet has really given a level of connection between the customer and the product that they sometimes don't get elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? And we actually see a lot of other retail concepts who are doing the same thing now, who are, you know, merchandising, packaging on the floor. And, and you know, we're proud to say that we believe we, we pioneered that, right? Yeah. And when it comes to, uh, when it comes to you know, how else are we, how, are we creating a definitive can of cabana experience? Yeah, that, that bud tender connection, you know, the ability for a customer to come in and be led through our store and, you know, uh, their products picked and packed in real time from our product displays. Yep. We're also supplementing it with um, what we call our one hitters. Mm-hmm. These are placards that we put around the store to help educate customers, not on the basics of cannabis information, like what is CBD versus THC. Mm-hmm. We know that most of our customers already know about that. And if not, it's a very easy conversation for our bud tenders to handle, mm-hmm. you know, it's, those placards, those one-headers are there to educate our customer on the history behind some of the strains that they're buying. So if someone is buying Purple Chitral from San Rafael, mm-hmm. they can learn that Purple Chitral 
right? Um, mm-hmm. It comes from Chitral, which is a, which is a, a town in India that makes some of the best uh, hash in the world. And the reason that purple Chitral is so purple is because it's been selectively bred to be that color. And these little factoids, these little bits of storytelling we're very proud of and we believe customers connect with so that, you know, when it comes time to say, hey, did you want to pick up, you know, an eighth of San Rafael? They have some context about the history that's gone into that plant and it didn't just sprout up and exist on October uh, 2018, you know? So you've mentioned some incredible marketing techniques that you've placed within the store to help engage your audience, you know, or consumers just get them more interactive with what's going on in the store. You know, the cannabis industry is really also very new. It's a clean state, if you will. Can you talk about some of the unconventional marketing strategies or activations you guys have used to date? For us, it's all about experimenting in store, right? Like we don't invest a lot in, you know, uh, external mass marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at uh, when legalization came about, I think, you know, I was driving around in Calgary or Edmonton and I saw you know, like 15 different billboards for retailers or, or, or LP brands. And, you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's good and well. We know that this industry is so brand new that we really need to double down and focus on the customers who are actually coming into our store. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jay, like I mentioned before, we're laser focused on those cannabis consumers, those volume users and those connoisseurs mm-hmm. and putting together programming that helps them know that we understand them and we know what they're looking for. So as I mentioned, our one hitters, some of the video content we put together in store. But we've also recently pioneered a, a campaign called It's Not Just About THC. Okay. You know, we know that um, our customers have been shopping by THC. It's part of the, one of the benefits even, mm-hmm. of having, you know, a legal system where THC, uh, or sorry, a Health Canada uh, regulation where, where THC percentages are published on the, on the containers. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much more about cannabis that's been honed by people who have been, uh, you know, exposed to cannabis over the last 20 years through touch and feel and smell and just knowing the different properties of the plant. Mm-hmm. But we're going the next step to educate customers, not just about, you know, again, CBD versus THC, but like what makes good wheat, yeah. right? What makes for good cannabis? And we put that together in a little printout guide. Uh, we shared it on social media. You can download it on our blog and on our website. You can stick it in your stash bag and bring it on with you. It's a rating system so that you can open your, you know, your LP weed and, and sit there and grade it and have a good time interacting with the cannabis and learning some of those fundamentals that, you know, people who have been working in cannabis a long time know about, right? And, you know, when it comes to other in-store stuff that we've done, all of our promotions are geared around highlighting some of our core strengths like accessories. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a, we've got a, probably the largest assortment of accessories in the country by virtue of the fact that we manufacture a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so just, just making sure that every holiday, every instance that we have to connect with customers um, from an authentic cannabis perspective, you know, we put together that in-store programming and then amplify it through our social channels online and through our, uh, you know, some of the, the great LPs that we work with for things like swag giveaways and, and other fun consumer interactive um, uh, outreaches. Yeah, I'm really glad that you talked about the programs because when I was on your website, www.canacabana.com, I noticed that you guys also have a membership program. And I find a big issue for consumers these days is knowing whether or not the strain is even in stock. You know, patients are relying on this medicine, even recreational users, they want to have it ready for a weekend, maybe entertain, right? And you guys have taken the headache out of that process. Can you talk a little bit more about why you guys took on this challenge and how consumers can really sign up for this amazing program? You know what, I, <laughs> I, I'm hearing myself say, hey, we were the first, but like we really were the first people to put out a membership program, mm-hmm. right? The, 
Savannah Club was the first one to market. And, you know, it was a little bit like our compliance uh, department, for sure, was like, hey, can we even do this? We spent a lot of time chatting with AGLC. You know, hey, is this okay? Okay, we can't, you know, can't do this, can't do that. And when we finally landed on the, the basis of the Cabana Club, you know, we were really excited to put together um, a program that customers could sign up for, mm-hmm. receive exclusive benefits, including discounts, of course, but also um, our SMS program, which allows customers to receive texts from Cabana Cabana, informing them about new products, that have, that have come in, when we're getting restocks. And our customers, we have a very low rate of unsubscribes because we know that our customers rely on those text messages mm-hmm. to say, oh, hey, something new came in at Canna Cabana. And, and that has been very effective for bringing them into the store and keeping in communication with them. Today, we've signed up over 46,000 people to our database, and these are all customers who have transacted in-store, right? These are mm-hmm. not online signups. We will be opening up online signups now, mm-hmm. especially in COVID times, because we have customers who are doing a lot of online shopping in Ontario. So we believe it's important to, to start doing that now. But up until this point, it's all the people who are standing in front of us, you know, eyeball to eyeball registering for our program. And we're very proud of that program. That Those are some incredible data touch points as well that you guys are being provided and really will help you guys, you know, continue to provide that full circle solution that you guys are doing for so many patients and consumers all across Canada. One thing that you did talk about were some of the unique uh, marketing activations that you guys have taken on. And you were discussing different videos that you guys have. You guys also have an unbox series where you guys talk about different strains. You guys highlight what the strain is about. And this is really invaluable information for patients. Why was this something you guys took on as a challenge or initiative? Yeah, our unboxing series is uh, something It's relatively new, although we've been working on it for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, really, we want to make sure that we have... Uh, we have a library, a database of licensed producer cannabis for customers to look, see, and learn about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was important for us because we were sitting here going, okay, well, if we're advocating for for legal cannabis, right, if we're advocating for licensed producer cannabis, we need to be the experts on licensed producer cannabis, and we need to help our customers become the experts, fanatical fans about licensed producer cannabis. So our unboxing series was the uh, was the answer to this. We put together a blog post on every eighth that we open. Um, there's of course all the information about THC and CBD and where it was grown and all those important details. But there's also the history of the product. And we're not shy to talk about who originally bred a strain. You know, mm-hmm. if it was THC THC in Amsterdam, or if it was you know DNA genetics or whatever it was. We're not shy to talk about that history of you know where. Uh, super lemon haze came from, right? Mm-hmm. And when we do the unboxing, they're short videos, 30 seconds long. The first 10 seconds are, you know, the kind of group shot of those uh, those buds that come out of the container. You know, the, the, the next 10 seconds is holding up the bud and kind of showing it to the camera so customers can see it. Mm-hmm. And then the last 10 seconds are actually a hyper-tight, zoomed-in macro shot of the bud. So customers can see all of those lovely trichomes and the colorations in the nub, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, over top of that, we do like a, a short, snappy description of the strain and what it is, kind of a summary of the blog post. So customers who want to just kind of go through and learn about these different strains don't have to do too much looking. They can just come to the strain section on our website, click through to our videos, and see uh, everything they need to see about these different strains. We're also, just to put a little tag on there, going to be creating direct links to these posts from in-store. 
Mm. So that a customer who's shopping and is looking at a price tag and a strain card for, for example, you know, Tweed Baker Street mm-hmm. can go ahead and scan a QR code and quickly pull up that video onto their phone so they can watch it quickly before they make a purchase. We believe that connecting customers to the bud, really critical right now, especially because, you know, buying cannabis previously was very much about sticking your nose in the bag, touching the, uh, you know, touching the bud. That's how it works in the U.S. Up here, we have to kind of find different ways to help uh, create that connection between the customer and the product. Yeah, and I thought it worked perfectly, especially with the way that times are today. It's the perfect solution, but it also gives a bit more authenticity because it allows us to really understand what we're going to be purchasing. And and it makes you want to come back to the site because there's so much information that you're getting from your site that you're just not getting anywhere else. Um, So one thing I want to ask you, if we had to look at Canna Cabana, you know, from the first day that you started to today, would you be able to discuss, you know, one key milestone or major achievement that you remember fondly? Sure, Jay. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, um, the, the major achievement that I have to, that just like is stuck in my mind is how quickly we were able to respond to getting our uh, to getting our, our uh, retail presence up online for, for online transacting. Right mm-hmm. after the essential services list came out, shut down for two days, lots of frustration, watching black market producers pop up. Or, sorry, black market retailers pop up all over the place. My Instagram feed was inundated with, hey, buy cannabis online from these six shady websites. <laughs> you know, you go into uh, you Google Maps and you Google, I, I don't need to say the name, but you know <laughs> who they are, downtown Toronto with brick-and-mortar retail locations open, providing delivery. It was very frustrating for two days to watch this happening. And then to watch the government respond and say, okay, you guys are good to go for online transacting and click and collect. Mm-hmm. And the the breakneck speed at which we responded to that, right, especially given the preparations we had been making for several months for Click and Collect, of course, but also some of the preparations we had made in those days previous to prepare for the inevitability of delivery or curbside. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things lined up, uh, and we were one of the first retailers back open, transacting online and ready to go. So, again, I can't say how proud I am about our team um, for, for getting that done in that time frame. And it's, it's a really fun memory. It was probably the greatest display of teamwork that I've seen in, uh, in high tech today. Yeah, it's a testament to your team and, and, you know, how hard you guys work and you guys are always pushing uh, constantly. It's not surprising that you guys were able to turn it around so quickly and get back online. We really appreciate you coming on the Shake Podcast today. But before we let you go, we'd like to ask one question to every one of our guests. Is there a piece of technology, a book, or a past experience that has helped shape who you are today? For me, it's got to be The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Mm-hmm. That book, man, I mean, so I shared this book with our CEO maybe six months ago, eight months ago, and there are a lot of parallels between the tech industry and the cannabis industry, right? The, the, the boom of both industries mm-hmm. had some interesting parallels. That book is about the CEO uh, of a company going through the internet bubble um, and, you know, uh, <laughs> experiencing some wide swings uh, up and some wide swings down and, and just the tenacity. Obviously, there's some really interesting management um, ideas in that book and there's some there's some great practical uh, bits that any you know uh, any manager or any um, member of a management team can pull out mm-hmm. um, but it's really just the spirit of tenacity that comes in growing a big great business right that mm-hmm. I got out of that book that you know anytime cannabis is, is challenging some days right anytime that I'm feeling that just going back to that source of knowledge and and, and, and watching some of the tenacious business leaders that have come before us I think that that's a really powerful thing. So I'd recommend that book to anybody, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. 
Amazing, Andy. We really appreciate you coming on the Shake Podcast today. Before we let you go, would you mind letting us know which social media handles and your website that you guys are most active on? So, Jay, yes, it's at Canada.Cabana. So if you go to at Canada.Cabana on Instagram, that's where you can find us uh, most active there. We, of course, have Twitter uh, and Facebook as well, but Instagram is our bread and butter. And then you can check us out on CanadaCabana.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter. You can check out our blog. We'd love to have you over there. We want to give a huge thank you to Andy Palalis for joining the Shake podcast presented by Treehouse Solutions. We also want to thank our loyal Shake listeners for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. You can join the discussion or drop us a line at www.treehousesolutions.com and on Instagram at the Shake Podcast. Please also check out our parent Instagram at Trio Solution. And if you're a huge sports fan and love cannabis or everything in between, we have you covered. Check out our latest channel at Sports Cannabis on Instagram. If you're on Twitter, follow us at THS underscore audio. Be sure to look out for our next episode when we chat with another industry-leading representative. We hope you enjoyed our session. Stay tuned for our next podcast.